0: You're listening to The Semi-Filled Writer. This is a show about my life experiences, my love for entertainment, and, of course, my failures. You in danger, girl. Second verse, same as first. Oh, I, Henry, the eighth I am, Henry, the I am, I am. I got married to the widow next door. She's been married seven times before, and everyone was Henry, Henry! And now Willie, our don't start to an eighth old man of Henry. In I am, I am, in I am, second verse, same as the first, I, in I am, in I am, I am, I got married to the widow next door. Alright, 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 stop singing, I'll go anywhere you want to, just don't sing anymore. Hi everybody, welcome to episode 5 of The Semi-Failed Writer. I've got a guest host today. Eric's back. What's up?
1: Oh, I'm on another one.
0: Yes, you are. You made the cut.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I got asked back. Yes, you did.
0: I appreciate it. Uh, I kind of feel stressed for this month. Usually I feel like February is the busiest month for me. I don't know because it's just fewer days, but we got a lot of stuff going on and it's just kind of throwing me off a little bit. We got a house sit starting in a couple of days. We do. We're going to go out of town for a a tennis tennis tournament? tournament. Yes. Indian Wells. Um, oh yeah, there's that little thing called a an anniversary.
1: Oh, Is that coming up? That is. Oh, I forgot.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I expected that. We need to figure out something to do. We've got time. We got like a couple of weeks, but we started figuring out what we're gonna do. But um, it just throws me off so much. I don't know why. Like I think because I underestimate how long something's gonna take me, and now I understand that things. That I need to take care of, take longer than normal. And so I'm thinking, man, I'm not going to have time for all the normal things I want to do. But we'll see how it goes.
1: Do to get back to the video games?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I started a new one. <laughs> see how that goes. Um, but yeah, let's just go ahead. Let's get into it. Um, I did a cycle already of uh, the type of episodes that I want to do. So I did a film review. I've done a personal story. And then I did a film debate. So, we're just going to follow that pattern for the time being until I come up with some other kind of segment. But um, So we're back to film reviews and the one that we're going to do today is Ghost. Uh, there's a couple reasons why I decided to do this one. Um, I haven't put this to paper, but if you ask me my top 5 movies of all time, I would absolutely put Ghost on it. it it's just one of my favorites, has been for a long time. Um, I wasn't expecting to do this one so soon, but someone brought up something interesting. There's a friend of mine on Facebook who had posted a status update and she had rewatched Ghost. But she pointed out that the film came uh, came out in 1990, which is like 30 years ago. And now that's kind of stuck in my head, so I thought, okay, well, we'll take the time to talk about Ghost and commemorate 30 years of this classic film. Um, I I was too young to watch it when it first came out, but I always saw it on TV, and it just grew on me over time. And just I enjoyed it. I, what are your thoughts about Ghost when it came out?
1: So yeah, I mean, I would have been ten when it came out. So I'm, however that dates me. Uh, I, I don't. I didn't watch it in the theater or anything. Of like, why would you take a ten-year-old to see Ghost? don't think that that would have made any sense, but I do remember seeing it not that long after that, because like you said, it was on TV, it was hugely popular, so it was on TV, it was like, you know, everybody rented it, and and so I don't know if it was my mom got it, or my sister, or somebody, uh, and so I do remember seeing it, uh, but not really having a connection to, it wasn't really a movie that I was super interested in in watching, uh, but but it definitely was, you know, memorable in that way. Um, it, it's different, you know, to have watched it again and had a completely different perspective looking back mm-hmm. on it. And, and one of the things that, that I kind of think of is, you know, in the context of movies at the time is that this one along with, I think we were talking before and you brought up the Pretty Woman which I think was right. the same year,
0: around there, yeah.
1: That it, it kind of kicked off like a, a new generation of of like chick flicks. So that's mm-hmm. that's the way that I think of it. Um, it was, you know, now and we're gonna get into all the different categories, so I'll have some things that, that I can can bring up then. But uh, but yeah, it was it was a little bit a little bit different, looking back on it, uh, a opinion that I did, had as a preteen or a teen. very young when I saw it and not really knowing or appreciating everything that was going on in it. So
0: yeah, even yesterday when we were watching it, you could take some appreciation of things that you see there that you didn't see before, which is what I liked it. it, That's why it grew on me. Well, and there was
1: a lot of stuff that I just did not remember. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. So let's start off with the summary. So those of you who haven't watched this film in the past 30 years, or it's been a while, I'll refresh your memory. Um, Here we go. Ghost tells the story of Sam Wheat. He is a man that has everything, a lucrative career and a home with the love of his life, Molly. However, his life is cut short in a robbery gone wrong. Instead of going to the afterlife, Sam remains in the physical world as a ghost. He not only sees that he is left behind a grieving girlfriend, but also realizes that he was targeted in the robbery as part of a money laundering scheme. With the help of a psychic named Otome Brown, Sam takes care of unfinished business, by thwarting his murderer's plans, avenging his own death, and protecting Molly at all costs. Ghost was released in 1990, directed by Jerry Zucker, and written by Bruce Joel Rubin. The film stars Patrick Swayze, Demi Moore, Whoopi Goldberg, Tony Goldwyn, and Rick Obilus. First segment, also known as... This is where we talk about the actors and their most memorable roles that we identify with. Let's start with the late, great Patrick Swayze. What... Do you know him best by?
1: So Swayze, I, I feel like there's a couple of different directions that you would go with this one. And it probably depends on your gender, maybe. I don't know. Because I, I imagine uh, as, as a girl and having a sister and some girl cousins and, and watching the movies that they wanted to watch sometimes, uh, I feel like Johnny Castle from Dirty Dancing. Nobody
0: puts baby in the corner. Yes. <laughs> I
1: mean, that that's sure. one that, that a lot of people will go with. As a male, on the other hand, uh, I, the go-to has got to be Dalton from Roadhouse. Roadhouse yeah. And uh, there, there are a couple other, but like, more, more dark horse. I, I, mean, I think a lot of people do remember him as Sam from Ghost, who I mean, was wildly popular. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so when you think Swayze, if, if you're not going to go to Dirty Dancing or Roadhouse. I could see how you could do that. And then I thought of another one that was kind of a dark horse for me. Yeah. Uh, and that was that he was Bodie, Bodie. in in Point Break. Yeah. Uh, I would definitely go with Dalton. If I think Swayze, that's that's like yeah. the role that...
0: Full disclosure, I was never big into Dirty Dancing. Like, if I, if I think of Swayze, I'm going to think Dirty Dancing, but I don't have the attachment to it as... All these, not like my sister and, and her cousins. And, yeah, and... <laughs> I was I was late in the game as far as admiring Patrick Swayze. It wasn't until much later when I realized, okay, yeah, this guy, he had it all. He appealed to both the women because he was super attractive, and then he was this kind of action hero. He was a manly man, and that's kind of incredible to have both of those qualities. Um, how about Demi Moore? I would say with Demi Moore. I don't say this is her best role, but it's the most memorable because it's so different from anything she's ever done. She is GI Jane. She shaved her head, she <laughs> learned how to do like one arm push-ups and all this stuff. Um but she she tried. She tried to reach and do something that's a little bit more intense and I don't know if it played out that well, but that's what I think of.
1: Yeah, for for to me for me, it's a little bit different because I don't actually Think of the character names so much, but I th- so I think of her as being identified just with the name of the movie, and so she's striptease <laughs> or yeah. she's indecent proposal yeah. <laughs> or you know whatever she is. Whatever the same, <laughs> yeah. So or GI Jane obviously was a was a another one that I don't I don't actually think I ever saw, but I remember seeing all the, all the commercials and insane. she's yeah. shaving her head and whatever. Mm-hmm. So. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I actually can't say that I can name her character in, in any of the.
0: Yeah, she had quite a career. <laughs> she was a superstar. And...
1: But I just don't have that connection for some yeah. reason. I yeah. don't remember she's the character names. She's Demi Moore
0: names. in all these movies.
1: Yeah, she's Demi Moore. She's <laughs> stripping or yeah. a part of some husband of trying to she... make money by selling <laughs> her to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or whatever it is. Yeah. Who else you got? So, uh,
0: Whoopi Goldberg. Hmm. Who do you have for Whoopi Goldberg?
1: So, for me personally, and and I don't think this is the one that that most people would go to, um, but just based on my interests for when she was kind of at her peak... I'll always remember her character from Star Trek, The Next Generation. So I'm going to TV Mm -hmm. for that one. Yeah, I feel it's for whatever reason, you know, I was just talking about uh, Demi Moore. I actually can't remember the name off the top of my head Mm -hmm. of what her character was. But I do remember her being a presence um, on that show. Uh, I feel like, and I wonder if you would, I feel like uh, she's... From, from Sister Act is the one that Dolores, most people would go to. Yeah,
0: I, I love Sister Act. I actually saw the sequel in the theater for some reason. It was cool. Um, yeah, she, she's she got an interesting career because she, she's one of the few people that won an EGOT. She's got all the, the major awards. And she's been in Broadway. She did Color Purple. Now she's a TV show host. Yeah, but, this,
1: this stretch yeah. right here, though, as far as the acting goes, like she was definitely in her prime yeah when, when with with ghost and like I think you know people up through sister act I, I think that that was just a pretty good run for that her as far as her popularity that and trend. I I feel like I don't I don't know why I'm gonna do this but I know that when we did the the Rudy, Mm-hmm. Um, podcast that that I made a connection with one of the, the actors and Toy Story three. So I'd be remiss if I didn't say that Whoopi was in Toy Story three as Stretch the Octopus. I don't think that there are a that. lot of people who are going to remember that. But maybe I guess... that'll be
0: a segment. Have they been in Toy Story three? Yeah, I didn't. I is... guess
1: I didn't realize that Toy Story three was as relevant to me as it is. But. Uh-huh. But that's this is two that I've been on now, and I've made a connection so far in each one. We'll, we'll see make if a that going. we'll see if that keeps up.
0: One right. <laughs> other actor I want to bring. You and I were both watching this, and I didn't know this when I saw it times before. There's a scene where Molly's at the police station talking to the sergeant, and I was staring at him for several minutes, and then I was like, "Is that Milton from Office Space?" <laughs> and then I had to look it up, and it was it was Stephen Root who plays. Milton from Office Space, and this is why I have this second. Cause yeah, I, I see him, and that's all it is. That's, yeah, it's just Milton.
1: To yeah, me. I'm pretty sure that anybody who saw Office Space and loved it, like like we both did, mm-hmm. that I mean, he's always going to be Milton. I mean, he can yeah. do other characters that are kind of fun, like he was in Dodgeball or or whatever else. And and uh, but yeah, I mean, he's Milton. Mm-hmm. Um, another another big connection for him, and and of course, he's Milton. So to me, it's Milton was also Bill Dotrieve on. Uh, King of the Hill, one of the four oh, dudes hanging out voice, by the fence yeah. drinking beer. Mm-hmm.
0: Ball guy. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. So yeah, Milton. Mm-hmm. Milton was also in. Yes. <laughs> in King of the Hill. All um, right. And anybody think, else that we're bringing up from that?
0: Uh, I think we're gonna mention one other person, but we'll
1: just come a up little a little later.
0: Bit. Yeah. Okay. Heroes and villains. Um. So let's talk about our hero in this movie, which is Sam Wheat. He is a good hero. First of all, he is. Played by Patrick Swayze, so he's going to get everyone's attention. Like, the first thing he shows up, he's shirtless. Like, I didn't know bankers could have physiques like that, but what do I know? Um, (laughs) But yeah, he's he's someone that's very likable. He's got a good job, and he's good-looking, and everything. He's got everything. What's good, uh, what I liked about his character was that as he's trying to uncover these other things that are happening uh, related to his death... He realizes he needs to do something. He doesn't have the ability to do some of the physical things, like to communicate with people, to try to move things around, but he finds a way to start learning that because it's necessary for him to protect Molly and to try to get her out of imminent danger. And then the other thing that I liked about Sam is that I think his main purpose was just to scare off Carl and Willie, just to keep him away from Molly, Um, but they end up dying in the process, but it wasn't really at his own hand. Like it would have been something different if he actually murdered them, but no, they, they led to their own demise.
1: Murder Um, from beyond the grave. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Um, and so that was just kind of icing on the cake. Like they're, they're no longer a threat. That they got what
1: was deserved, but Mm -hmm. he wasn't actually, it wasn't really revenge. Wasn't really his purpose. No, it was mostly just protecting Molly. Mm
0: -hmm. How about the villain? I'll say this about Carl. I think he was a good villain, too, because there was some complexity to him. Because at first, I felt with his character, I felt he wasn't necessarily a bad guy. I mean, he got, for some unknown reason, he gets involved with the wrong group of people. And he's trying to, like, save face and get this money moved. But then he starts making things worse and trying to cover up for that. But I think the point where he actually starts to become evil is when... He starts seducing Molly because at that point he didn't need to. Like he got the code. I think at that point he's going to be able to move the money.
1: But now that but Sam's out of the way, Sam's out of the way. <laughs> and he's
0: like, oops, I dropped coffee on my shirt and oh, guess what? I don't have an undershirt on that. Like then he's starting to make the moves and it's like, <laughs> body's not even cold. Yeah. That's where you, you,
1: you definitely know the extent of how slimy he kind of is. Cause at first, you know, he's just the, well, at first he's the friend you don't really know. Yeah. Um, and then you start to find out, oh, he's got some some problems, and with the well, whatever he's doing to try to make money illegally, and he is kind of crossing the wrong people, or not living up to what he's supposed to for them. So they're mm-hmm. kind of going to be out to get him if he's not careful. And then you know, so then he, that leads to him hiring Willie, and they or he attacks Sam. Sam dies and whatever. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, you're right. When when Carl is is trying to put the moves on, <laughs> <then> you're like. <laughs> Um oh, that's oh, a little gross. No. Yeah, this guy, you definitely I don't, don't make... like him. <laughs> right,
0: right. So those are good. And then as far as supporting characters, Oda May, fabulous. I think she was one of the best parts of this whole film. She's, do you want to add? Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, Whoopi Goldberg was, was great in this movie. She, I, I feel like she's the glue that kind of keeps everything together. And without without that character or without that performance being you know, on the level that it was, I, I feel like, yeah, you got Patrick Swayze, you got Demi Moore, who wasn't really a name at the time, but kind of went to mm-hmm. be more of a name. Um, but, but I just felt like just within the the way that the movie worked, that that made it so that you would care kind of like it just brought everything together in a way where you had the entertaining sort of comedic element that she brought to it, but also uh, like a, and I don't know. I mean, it, it still fit in with you know within some of the dramatic context. Yeah, also, yeah. I,
0: she had a good arc too because she she was a fraud. She was a trickster and trying to take people's money, but then she does a good thing yeah. and tries to help out Sam. Yeah, that yeah.
1: character the character has the most growth, I think, of any of the characters because she she is just kind of a trickster who's kind of preying on mm-hmm. people's desire to get closure or whatever if they've lost someone somebody that they're trying to reach from again beyond the grave but uh but then she does eventually reluctantly at first (laughs) yeah (laughs) kind of help out and and then you know eventually she seems to you know completely come around to to being more than just that fraud that she was in Mm -hmm. the beginning
0: all right my next part here is so what happened to you man uh, this is where we focus on a person, a, a cast or crew member who's kind of fallen off a little bit. Let's see what they're up to now. Um, the person that I want to talk about for this episode is Tony Goldwyn. So I was the little that I was reading up on him and the stories that I was able to piece together. So originally, when he was in acting, he was more of a good guy, and he found out about this role of Carl, and he desperately wanted to audition for the role, and the filmmakers were like no you're too good of a guy i don't think you could do it whatever but then he finally convinces them shows him his his tape and auditions and they're like okay yeah you you got it you're carl so yes he did a great job as the bad guy but i think he was too good because after that movie came out people hated him <laughs> they were so upset that he would kill sam weed and and I don't know. People felt like that was really him, but he was just Yeah, an people actor.
1: identify the the actor by the character that they saw in a movie. Yeah,
0: which happens a lot. Like, I, I feel like we have a name for that. Because I think one of the most recent uh, examples of that is the kid that played Joffrey on Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. He was so despised, and that he quit. He quit acting because of that.
1: He, was, he did such a good job making everyone hate he him. Did, yes. That, that it kind of carried over because we can't just allow for it to have been good acting and yeah. give them credit for it right. now we have to go after someone and we hate them because they did something to a character that we liked or something it's just the story people are a little, a little ridiculous with that yeah, a
0: little too concerned but yeah his, his reputation kind of took a turn for the worse but he was able to redeem himself several years later and he voiced Tarzan in the Disney animated film he and also
1: any video game that had Tarzan in it thereafter he also did mm-hmm. uh, several of those Kingdom Hearts maybe being the okay most well-known yeah with all the Disney characters. and
0: So yeah, he turned it around a little <laughs> bit. So yeah, good on him. All right, let's talk next about the soundtrack. Okay, so the most popular thing as far as music goes in this film is, of course, Unchained Melody, where you have the love scene with the pottery. Uh, a friend of us told this, and I believe it. It jumped the charts after the film came out. That song saw an increase in sales and airplay and stuff, which makes sense. I don't know why this is, but I didn't care that much for Unchained Melody. It is a sweet song, but it's not like every time I hear it, I just go back to this like, oh, this is so romantic. No, um, It's fine. Um, I liked the arrangement they did at the very end of the film with the strings. I, I thought that was beautiful. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts about the music I, the I think
1: you're just trying to make enemies right now, hating them. Like, it's just a classic song. How can you <laughs> how can you argue against Unchained Melody? I don't know what's wrong Sorry, with you man. right now.
0: <laughs> it, well, there's been parodies of it ever since, sure. and I don't know if that had an effect on my <laughs> opinions, but I don't know. The soundtrack was okay. There was moments where it was, it was lovely. It, like I liked, I guess they call it Molly's theme. There are moments when Molly's around and Sam's trying to communicate with her. They have this little theme going. I like that. Um, something felt out of place for me. Uh, there were times when Sam was actually on the attack and trying to scare off Willie or Carl or whoever, and they have like some horns playing, and I just felt that was kind of out of place. It just kind of stuck out. So the soundtrack was fine. I, it was better when it was more in the sweet part of it, and the softer side of what's going on in the movie. Did you have anything else to add to that? or you...
1: Not for soundtrack. I'm ready for for the scenes let's talk about some of all right of the scenes
0: let's flip my page here <laughs> best scene worst scene so, i'm gonna have you start with best scene. for, what for the you? best scene yes
1: so I, I don't know how to like just limit it to a, a single scene there's a there's a sequence with oda may when she with sam goes to the bank all the way through where she they ends up she ends up signing the check over to, endorsing the, it to the, nuns, yeah, the yeah for the for the nuns to, to donate all the money that they were able oh, to God. get out from under carl's nose uh, but that whole sequence is is it's like hilarious. all kinds of funny uh, yes. just the the interplay with Odame and and sam telling her what to say and she doesn't say it quite right uh-huh. and then Uh, all that other stuff so so for me even though that's like kind of a longer sequence than maybe just one scene Mm -hmm. um, I don't really know how to just break it apart I think it all kind of just flows together uh from you know from the start to finish so um I don't know did you have any others that
0: okay the best scene for me is the ending it's it's come to a point now every time I see it I I will cry and not even a second into the sequence where uh right after molly can now hear sam um and then you just see like the lights come out from the sky and then the music starts playing i just lose it every time it's such an emotional uh scene for me when they're saying their goodbyes and i've been trying to figure out all these years like why is it that is so emotional because i don't get emotional films there's only a handful where i i cry but this one does it every single time and i think why and this is probably the best explanation I can provide is this is what I would imagine it would be like if I was dealing with someone with like a terminal illness or a cancer. So you, you know, someone's days are numbered, you know, they're going to die soon, you make arrangements, whatever, but you say your goodbyes, you have the opportunity to say your goodbyes. And then if you're there when they, once they're, they're dead, you know, it hits you right there that it's just over and they're gone forever. And that's a very painful thing to think about. Like, if you've dealt with death, even if it's unexpected, it's so painful. But I feel like there's something that's got to be so emotional to be able to say goodbye that way. And that's what happens in this ending. Because you see Sam and you know he's gone forever. And that's... It always... Uh, it just kills me every time. Like, I, it as soon as... Like, first second. It just waterworks. immediately just... Oh, uh, it's terrible. Yeah. The tears it just
1: explode kinda... out of your... Oh, it was bad. Eyes. I ugly cried everything. <laughs> oh.
0: but it it's it's just a great scene because it's just it it hits me. I never had an an experience like that with any type I'm, of film. I'm I'm
1: sure that you're not alone um, as someone who would just immediately start crying during that scene. Yeah, but, yeah.
0: I imagine like other people can relate to that. I think they. I mean, they didn't have that exact experience, but they kind of understand the sentiment and that would they made me think of someone that they knew close to them and having to say goodbye. And Yeah. Oh. All right, enough of that. Well. <laughs>
1: no, not, no more I, of the, the to stop emotional this part. Yeah. <laughs> Before you start crying right yeah. now, just thinking about it. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, <laughs> worst well, scenes. Worst you scene. want to talk about worst scenes? Yeah. I didn't have anything that was particularly bad, but I, I, I had issues with the, some of the scenes, just of how things played out, but I think the one that I least liked is... The moment where uh, Sam dies, he sees his body for the first time, he sees himself outside of his body, and then they have this weird fantasy thing where he thinks he's in a bad dream, and then Molly's there, and then he sees the lights and stuff. It just fell out of place because that whole movie, it's all centered in reality. Everything is taking place in reality, and this is the only instance where you have some kind of otherworldly experience, imaginary fantasy type thing, and I don't know if... That needed to be put in there. Like they just kind of felt out of place for me, but that was that was really it. What about you?
1: So my worst scene would be any of the scenes with the dark spirits, and not because the the dark spirits were like it. It's not that it didn't fit. You know, it made sense. It's the pe- the people who had led a bad life or being punished in the afterlife and so it made sense my my only thing and and again I don't know when when I first would have watched it it would have never been something that I even thought of but uh but watching it again it's just the special effects were they made me laugh yeah yeah (laughs) and so it was just hard to you know be watching and thinking about the spirit of the story and you know what's going Mm -hmm. on when I'm just seeing these ridiculous looking
0: (laughs) yeah I remember when I was younger I remember like the first time kind of seeing a visual of these demons and then the angels yeah understanding heaven and hell that way
1: I I really just felt like the effects the special effects in the movie definitely feel dated Mm -hmm. they really feel
0: yeah old (laughs) yeah best line worst line uh best line I've got a few here that I like. I think my favorite makes me laugh every time. Otome signs the signature card at the bank as Otome, not Rita Miller. And then she tells the clerk, <laughs> I need another one. I signed the wrong name. Yeah. And it's and really like, funny how she <laughs> says
1: it. And Yeah. I, I, for me, for me, best line, I think you can pick a handful of them. And it's all, all again, from that sequence. Mm-hmm. Uh, like when she says, when she's, with the check and she doesn't want to sign it over and it's like the nuns, they can't even buy underwear. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't want to go to heaven. When I want a to bank and sign this Yeah. But I was it's just funny too, because uh, she's supposed to be like a, she's done this for a living. She's a fraud. She's got a record everywhere, but she's not a good one. She yeah, has these all these moments <laughs> where she's like, Oh, I sorry.
1: Yeah. When you, when you think that she would be good at, at, you know, acting like, someone else to convince someone you feel like she had done that sort of thing before but I don't know but yeah all the, there are a bunch of lines and they're just hilarious
0: I have a couple of other lines one of this one just sticks out because it's not great it's just that the way that the pitch of the way it was said stood out it's when uh Orlando one of the spirits gets into Otome's body and he's asking about his wife's hair like what did he do with it Orlando, you like it? It's autumn sunrise. And I don't know why that always stood out, but I always remember that line. It's autumn sunrise. I, just
1: I to- thought it was silly that he would be asking because he was standing in the room as a spirit and he saw it, it and then his first thing that he thinks of when he's possessing May is to... Ask about it like he didn't just see. It. Yeah. Like I don't know. It's just yeah. weird the way that, that it's asked. Yeah. Um, but I mean, maybe he just really wanted to ask her after standing there as a ghost. Mm-hmm. But I do think that one's kind of funny.
0: Yeah, and one uh, other line I'll just bring up real quick. It has more meaning to me now than it ever has before. Uh, at one point, Sam says, "People say I love you all the time, and they don't mean it." And that's something I think you and I both agree with we hear people say, I love you for everything. and yeah. like, you don't have to, I don't know. Well, I mean, and, and,
1: I mean, does it, I know that, that some people feel like it cheapens it. Or cheapens, if, you, yeah. if you're saying it all, all the time or um, I don't know, it, I, but I do, I do agree with that, that there are a lot of times where, where people are, are just, it's like you're going through the motions and it's not like, you you know, there's not even really any feeling attached mm-hmm. to it. It's just you say it because it's a ritual almost rather than um, expressing a, a true feeling necessarily. Right. And so yeah, that is a good line.
0: Good one. All right. Worst line. What do you got?
1: <laughs> well, I'm, I'm probably going to have an unpopular opinion here because it's actually kind of connected to that same idea. I don't like ditto. No? I don't. I, to me, it just sounds, yeah. it's just... Like cheesy and whatever and I know it's it's kind of supposed to be that way because in the beginning uh, it just ties into that you know she's one of them saying I love you and wants to hear it back and, and is hearing ditto instead and mm-hmm. wonders about the real feeling to an extent and then by the, the end of the movie of course it's said and it means much more and so it's like even in saying the word ditto it's supposed to actually have the meaning that you would right. hope for from someone when they're saying mm-hmm. I love you um, but I just, I, I, it just seemed dumb to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just, I didn't like it. So I get, I get the significance in the, in the, the movie of that sort of progression, but
0: yeah, it didn't work like for me. Callback. Yeah. Worst line for me, Odame is with Sam at the bank and she says Jawol. J-A-W-O-H-L. I have never heard that word. And I had to look it up, and so it's actually German. It basically means yes, sir. But I just never understood why Oda Mae would use that. Why would she say that? Because I've never had any indication she knows any German. That's not something that you commonly say to anybody. And so that just felt weird to me, and I now I know that it just means yes, sir, but it just felt out of place.
1: Honestly, don't even remember when she said that. Right when <laughs> she sees
0: a security guy to go beat Lyle Ferguson... And then oh, okay. Sam's trying to tell her to do something. He keeps telling her, do this, do that. And then she gets annoyed at one point and says that.
1: So. so she's just using it as like a sarcastic response to somebody who's telling her what to do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know.
0: All right. True facts. We're going
1: to go to true facts. About, about ghost. the ghost.
0: Mm-hmm. we got a few here. I'll, I'll, I'll do this one last. Okay. So you said, ditto, you hated. That came from <laughs> Bruce Joel Ruman. That was something that he said uh to his girlfriend his high school sweetheart back in the day uh patrick swayze would shoot ice when he was filming outside because as a ghost you shouldn't see their breath i guess it was chilly outside they didn't care
1: about some of the other uh ghost logic but but they didn't want to be able to see his breath yeah
0: so he had to do that Luis guzman well-known actor nowadays um a lot of people at the time came up to him and asked him why he killed Sam Wee. Luis Guz- Guzman was not in this m- movie uh that was Rick Obvious, but he'd always got confused because they look alike somehow that's I found that really funny again the writer Bruce Joel Rubin uh he wrote Jacob Ladder which I also love but he started pitching the script for Ghost back in 1984 was trying and trying to sell it he got it made and it came out in 1990 um, it took him a few years to finally get this story told, so that's, um, motivation for you guys, if you believe in something, keep going. Um, okay, here's the one thing I wanted to bring up. There were at least 16 actors that I, that I read about that passed on the role of Sam, and it was either because they thought that this movie was going to be a joke and not be taken seriously, or they had other stuff to do. So... What do you say about that? Uh, Well,
1: yeah, I, I, we'll, we'll get back to that one. I, I, I have a, a, a game I want to play with you. But I do have a couple other uh, things that I came across when I was, you know, kind of looking into some of the things about the movie that that kind of stood out to me. Just the idea. First of all, um, Patrick Swayze basically insisted that, that Whoopi Goldberg be Odomay mm-hmm. uh, or he wasn't going to accept the, the role as Sam. Um it's kind of cool, and it's and it's hard to imagine anybody else. And I, I can't remember off the top of my head who the other people were that were up for the role of Oda yeah, Mae. But it's probably. really hard to imagine the movie with someone like, other awkward, than Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah. And another thing that I saw because it's kind of like an iconic sort of haircut that uh, that Demi Moore has yes, in the movie. Yes. But when she auditioned, she had long hair, and yeah. and then cut her hair without telling anyone. <laughs> And, and that's like, uh, you you are, that's a big flex there, isn't it? Right, like you're, right. <laughs> uh, and I don't think she was the that big of a star at the time Not to yet. where you would think that Not you'd yet. be like, you know what, I don't have to tell anybody. I'm going to get a, this yeah. no one's going to change their mind or anything like that. And they didn't. And
0: Yeah, people still remember that. I was at the eye doctor a couple weeks ago and the ladies at the front desk brought up like her pixie haircut. They liked that style. I don't know if it worked for them, but they remember that she that was part of her character in that film so yeah still I, I have I
1: have heard some other times where where people have have done that where they they get their haircut in a completely different way and uh, don't really warn anybody but you you definitely would think that it's somebody who's already you know a critical part they of something and it's like, like before yeah. before filming she just decided to do it and I mean I it know, worked it worked yeah <laughs> But, so that was kind of good. So now you, you brought up the idea that so many people uh, turned down the role. So mm-hmm. I have some of the names. I didn't, I didn't list all of them. It was just the ones that were most interesting to me, which was actually a lot of them, because um, there are a lot of recognizable names yes. who, who were offered yes. the role. And so my thinking was, well, what if any one of them had said yes? And what so, they yeah, if they played? Yeah, if if any of these guys had said yes, would the movie still have been viable? Like, would mm-hmm. it would it still have had the potential to be this half a billion dollar blockbuster mm-hmm. at the time? Like the most rented <laughs> VHS of the <laughs> '90s <laughs> or whatever. I don't even know what it what it was, but uh, because for for some of them, I feel like you might be able to think that there would be a possibility, and then others, it's just. I can't help but start laughing right, so imagining. Let's, so so let's let's, let's get news. into those names. So so and you tell me what you think. Okay. So the first one, Kevin Bacon.
0: Maybe. I am going to say not really, but he
1: it's a, it's a maybe.
0: Yeah, it's a maybe. <laughs>
1: it it's a little it's... hard to imagine him for me to to be able to like pull off the like more emotional okay. stuff. I'm not sure why. I don't know. Uh, but but yeah, he he i'm I'm not certain that one works okay next up alec baldwin
0: i don't think so i don't think alec works this this is the hard part i keep thinking of uh what was his name Donahue and 30 rock i keep thinking of what they were (laughs) now and i it's hard to think of what they were what it it would have been
1: like back then so so you're just connecting i kind
0: of remember he was in a bad film with cindy crawford (laughs) so i'm gonna say no
1: yeah i'm not i'm not sure about i'm not sure about him either um Here's another one that made me laugh when I, when I just, just to imagine, uh, Nicolas Cage.
0: Yeah, no, no.
1: <laughs> oh.
0: He was a much better actor that, back then, but I don't know if he could have.
1: Yeah, with, with some of these, you he could see, you could see a lane where the movie would be slightly different, but would still have worked. Uh-huh. I don't know that. I, I don't, don't think know. that lane exists for, yeah. for Nick. Uh, Kevin Costner.
0: I think he could. I think he could.
1: At that time, Costner was in he his was prime huge, too. Yeah. It would have been it would have been a a, a big deal there, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I, th- I think you could have done it then. I think it does change things slightly, but but maybe that would have worked. All right, what about Tom Cruise?
0: Tom Cruise would have.
1: Tom Cruise he... would have again. That was around his. Yeah,
0: he was a good actor. He was, he's
1: really good. <laughs> he, he would fit. He he had been in that kind of you know romantic sort of
0: mm-hmm.
1: movie. Uh, Johnny Depp.
0: Johnny Depp, I don't know.
1: See for is me, it... Johnny Depp. Like when I thought about that one, I, I my inclination is no. And it's not that he wouldn't have been a good enough actor. I just feel like Johnny Depp felt really young for a really long time, even when he wasn't young anymore. So thinking mm-hmm. around 1990, yeah, it seemed like he would have still just felt way too young for the role.
0: Yeah, because at that time, what did he do? Like Edward Scissorhands. He did What's Eating Gilbert Grape. I don't remember when that came yeah, out. Yeah, I can't but remember exactly really the years, younger. but he
1: still—he just seemed like because I don't know how old Sam was supposed to be in the movie. Seemed like in its in thirties or something like mm-hmm. that. And Johnny Depp just seemed really young at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, moving on. We got another one who would not have seemed all that young at the time. Harrison Ford.
0: Harrison Ford, maybe not. How old would he been at that time? I don't know. I mean, he wasn't—he wasn't, he wasn't, dude, he wasn't old. that old, yeah. but he
1: was—he was—he was older. Um, but yeah, Harrison Ford to me is a no also. I I feel like this movie wouldn't have allowed for him to take advantage of a lot of the things that are iconic about oh, him, okay, you know, being that him. I mean, he Han Solo or, or Indiana Jones and, and not that he didn't do some other stuff that yeah. was like less reliant on the sort of fun action stuff, but um, yeah, I'm not sure. I think I think that would have changed the movie too much. Mm-hmm. I, it, it would, instead of Ditto, it would have just been I know. <laughs>
0: <That's right. laughs> Get off my plane. <laughs> uh,
1: all right, here's another one. Mel Gibson.
0: I think Mel could have. Yeah, I think Mel. He he had those same qualities where he could be an action hero. He was a man's man, but he was also super attractive at the time. Hmm. So I think he had he could play off both.
1: Tom Hanks.
0: Oh, maybe not. I I think going back to what you were saying earlier, like to have some of that seriousness for that role, I don't, or that romantic. I, I, don't
1: I, I Yeah, to me, I don't, I'm not sure either. And again, it, it's not that he couldn't have acted the part. I just don't think that, you know, they wanted, obviously they ended up with Patrick Swayze, you know, he's mm-hmm. on the, the cover of the box. Like does Tom Hanks, take his shirt off in the movie and everyone's like i just i just don't see that I'm like tom hanks is a perfectly decent looking human being but he's not patrick swayze yeah and
0: this is not to say that any of the actors we mentioned are not good actors it's just they need to have the right qualities for this it it just doesn't
1: feel like it would have worked and and like thinking about it here's another one that i don't feel like work would work uh mickey rourke
0: yeah no no. <laughs> I mean, we think of Mickey Rourke now, but remember, he was like a leading man yeah, back. And yeah. He was doing okay, but as far as... No, it
1: wouldn't have felt right to me. I'm not sure about that one. Mm-hmm. All right. I've only got a couple more. let okay. That's to uh, John Travolta.
0: That's a no. He was definitely a lead, but...
1: It really he... would have changed the feel. Yeah. Like his mannerisms and the way that he talks and, and all that stuff, it just would have been a really different... Interaction. Oh God,
0: I was just thinking of like <laughs> his voice, and I'm going back to like Vinnie Barbarino.
1: <laughs> yeah, that that like? definitely wouldn't have worked. <laughs> All right, last one, and he was actually married to Demi Moore mm-hmm. at the time. Bruce Willis. Bruce.
0: I think Bruce could have done it. That would have been interesting to see because I don't remember if they worked. I think they had to have.
1: If they worked just, on something, worked together. on something together. Yeah. But it would have been
0: interesting to see their chemistry. Yeah, I think he could have done it.
1: I, don't, I, I think. It, maybe maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I do remember again in looking into to this movie, uh, he that was one of the things that he looks back at and and regretted that that he had turned it down. That yeah. it was one of the dumbest things that he had done. And I wonder if that uh, was an influence when he was deciding to do the Sixth Sense, where <laughs> it's like he had a chance to play a ghost and turned it down, and it was this huge movie and then so the sixth sense he gets to be a a dead guy and a ghost in his own right and that one actually worked out okay oh yeah yeah (laughs) too soon man too soon (laughs) hadn't watched it yet (laughs) Jesus, my bad. Uh, but yeah i mean think about that list and and you 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 do that with a bunch of movies it's it's always kind of fun to see who was either in consideration or actually turned it down and um, and when i was looking they were saying that these people all had turned it down yeah and I can't think of a list with more names that are like huge star power yeah. that all turned down a role than and that. I mean, you're talking about a lot of.
0: Yeah, I can only really imagine how they <laughs> Heavy hitters, it. like, heavy yeah, hitters. Yeah, you're a ghost.
1: And and, you know, and obviously Patrick Swayze was in the movie, and I think that that worked out the best. It's hard to, you know, revisionist history in your head and yeah. really imagine these other people in it. But uh, but yeah, quite the list. Yeah, I have to say. That's so, fun. That's all for and true that is, facts. And that is how the ghosts do. <laughs> that is how the ghosts do. All right.
0: <laughs> Suspend your disbelief. This is inaccuracies that we caught in the film. So... We're
1: not going to talk about a lot of the no. ghost logic stuff. No, um no, no. You know, a couple of little things, but, you know, why can a ghost sit in a chair, but it takes him a lot of work to figure out how to affect anything else in the world yeah, or how can he go, on the how ground. how can he go or...
0: through a wall but not a floor, all that stuff. So,
1: I mean, obviously that's going to be weird no matter what, if they're going to do a movie like this. Uh, you know, why, why does a ghost cast a shadow? Yeah. <laughs> stuff like that. So I don't want to really do too much with that. But there are a couple of other things mm-hmm. that are maybe a little bit jarring or you kind of wonder about while you're while you're watching. So what, what was maybe something that stood out to you?
0: Okay, one of the biggest things... I think a lot of people catch this, so the infamous love scene where they're making pottery together, their hands are intertwined, and they're getting all this clay mud all over them. Swayze
1: said it was the sexiest thing he, he had ever done did. on film.
0: I can see why people <laughs> love it so much, but they go immediately from that to one of the other rooms to start, you know, more foreplay. I guess they're clean. There's no clay or anything. Like, were we supposed to believe that they stopped to like wash their hands for twenty minutes? And yeah, that one that? that one. that no. one was the
1: top of the list for me because they their arms are just covered in that wet clay, mm-hmm. and and the music that's playing during the scene is supposed to be playing on their jukebox that they have and so the song doesn't skip or anything they don't stop it and start playing it again once they get in the bedroom or anything like that and so it's like you can time the song and how much time did they have from when they left the pottery wheel thing whatever it is and and then they're in the bedroom and they're perfectly clean I just that one you can't explain that
0: yeah yeah (laughs) they had to cut some time there so the other thing that... Uh, I mean, there are a lot of things like that, continuity things that shouldn't have been there. Um, but this Nothing
1: is, so jarring, though. That one that one was kind of no, jarring.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, this is the other issue I took with the film. There's the scene at the very end uh, at the bank, and you got Lyle Ferguson, who's kind of an idiot. Molly is asking who the lady was that just left, and he tells her. And <laughs> I know he's an idiot, but he still has some level of professionalism, I would think, and he would not disclose that information no matter who it is yeah
1: there there are laws about that that were definitely being
0: (laughs) being broken broken. and and of course you want to say well that's how Carl knows that Otome Brown took the money but I don't think he needed to know that I think he would able to piece it together where Molly just says oh yeah I think I saw her she was at the bank and he could still figure that maybe she had something to do with the four million disappearing but yeah Yeah, that was
1: I had another one too that that you would have to figure out another way to make certain things happen in the movie that needed to happen. But but Carl, all he needs is the code or whatever that's in that little booklet, and yeah, it was in code. that shoebox. Mm-hmm. And he was he was with Molly for how long while she was packing up stuff, and he couldn't have just in secret just lifted the lid of the box and grabbed what he was oh, looking yeah. for. Oh hey, yeah, look over there, and it, like, you know, yeah. and and. That him not doing that leads to him having to send Willie back to break in, and then and from
0: there Sam follows then, Willie. Yeah, and, so there's a whole yeah. chain of
1: events that that like is important in the the movie, but it's like he, he wouldn't have just grabbed it from the box that he knew it was in, and yeah. he was there for how long, and it just seemed that part seemed a little strange to me.
0: Yeah, was there any others?
1: Oh, that's all for me with all those. Right. Yeah, I mean, I guess because again, you you could look at a lot of different things like. A crew being reflected in a computer monitor mm-hmm. or stuff like that, where it's just like that's nitpicking and it's not worth really.
0: Yeah. Uh, last segment. If they if remade, they remade it if they remade the film today, what would change?
1: I know exactly what would change.
0: I think I know too. What is it?
1: The special effects <laughs> would be better. <laughs> yes. Uh, again, I I I was looking, and there was something from from the writer. Ruben, um, he said that what he feels like dates the film is that it has a clip of the Arsenio Hall show, mm-hmm. which definitely dates it to a very specific right. time period. Uh, and then also the computers, the the technology, the computer technology that like they were like working MS with. And it's, yeah. <laughs> which, again, definitely puts it in a very specific time period. Um, but I feel like the the, the effects themselves are dated. It, it just the the way that they do the some of the the well, obviously the I talked about oh, the yeah, dark spirits the earlier and, and, and some of the ghost things. And, um, you know, it, it, instead of having Sam's ghost cast a shadow, that would easily be taken out yeah. in the scene these days. It's just there's there are a lot of things that that I think obviously that would be a, a big change if they made it again today. What did what did you think about if they if they remade the film today?
0: All right, I have two things. First, okay, that scene with Sam singing Henry VIII, I am great. <laughs> um, but they do mention Molly mentions that that was how Sam got her to go out with him. In this era of me too, you can't do that. That's harassment. Yes. You can't. You just got to take no for an answer. You can't just sing her to <laughs> death. Just like just
1: shadowing that. her wherever she goes. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> Until she finally pays attention to him. Yeah. Probably not a good look.
0: That song can have a different meaning. It's <laughs> just not okay. That's how he got me like, finally going to do. <laughs> so there's that. And then the other thing too. This is something we've talked about, and this is something that's important to me as a writer we're always complaining about how there's not enough people of color in these major roles. There's an opportunity for them and we're not casting them, but I feel like if we did a remake of ghost, I couldn't see how we wouldn't have someone, a person of color as Sam wheat or Molly. And so the first name that popped up when I thought of that was Michael B. Jordan. I feel like he could, be that Sam Wee, he's got some of those qualities, and I think he could. So instead work. of
1: having your your token minority as a supporting actor, or you want to get him in as as one of the lead. Be a roles, successful
0: um, banker. Yeah. That would
1: change all, a lot of Oda Mae's jokes. Yeah, because half of her jokes are about Sam being
0: white. <laughs> cute but white. So
1: so yeah, cute but white. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so so obviously you would have to do something. I'm sure you could figure out how to rewrite that for that, but. I could see I it. I think
0: you make it work. Yeah. So I think those would be the big changes that I would do. I, again, I'm not encouraging that. I hope they never do it. It's fine as it is. And you said
1: you don't know. You don't know who Molly would be if they if they did that.
0: That I need to think more about. They're just gonna cast Scarlett Johansson because they do that for every every role, every role.
1: Yeah. I I definitely don't think that they need to remake it. Knowing Hollywood, it'll probably happen.
0: Mm-hmm. At some point,
1: yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. All right. Any, any final thoughts? We're we're about done here.
0: Final thoughts. Yeah, I I enjoy this movie. This was marketed as a love story. This was a romance movie, and I don't. And and I was looking at the cover of the DVD box, and it's a picture of Patrick Swayze and Demi Moore in this love embrace, and the, I feel like that's was needed for marketing, but I don't feel like that reflects all of the movie
1: it does have more to it than just that it's definitely that that the connection between those two is very central to it but it's also very comedic in places and and it has uh it has a lot more going for it than just being
0: yeah i think that's why i like it because there's all these other layers to it because you've got sort of this almost buddy comedy because you've got otome and sam and their exchanges it's a crime story yeah it's you know Death story. I don't know, but yeah. there it it was a lot of different emotions that came out of me as watching this, and I thought that that was very effective. Um, so it is a love story, but there's a lot more to it than just just a love story.
1: Yeah, and if you pay too much attention to how bad the special effects are, then it becomes a comedy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of again on on reflection, watching it, watching it again, and and um, you know thinking about it as a, as an adult rather than as a kid. Um, it was, it was interesting actually. I thought that, that, you know, seeing a lot of those different elements at work when I was not laughing at how silly the mm-hmm. spirits look. yeah, <laughs> and stuff like that. But yeah, something, good, something. good rewatch. Good rewatch.
0: Yes. All right guys, tell me what you guys think. Did you like Ghost or not? Is there anything that we um, overlooked as we were talking about or it? Or
1: messed up or were completely yeah. wrong about.
0: Anything. We'd just love to hear from you. Please send an email to me. It's writer at gmail.com. I also have a blog. I do update it frequently. It's com. I may or may not start updating my uh, social media accounts, uh, but be on the lookout for that. Eric, thank you again for doing this. Had fun. You made the cut again. I'll have you. <laughs> I don't know when I'll have you on again, but yeah, maybe I'll, uh, maybe, maybe been... I'll
1: agree to do another one sometime.
0: Awesome. <laughs> All right. Thanks everyone for listening, and I'll see you guys in a couple of weeks. Bye.